Here we go. You're listening to Law and Gospel on this Tuesday, February the 20th, in the year of our Lord, 2024. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me will be Pastor Mark Smith as we take a look at the hymn for this coming Sunday, which is the second Sunday in Lent. Lord, thee I love with all my heart. This was a kind of a prayer by Martin Schalling. He died in 1608 and is well suited to the circumstances of its origin. Stalling's first major posting after years of study at Wittenberg was in the city of Regensburg, where he arrived in 1554. There, this peaceful pastor was forced to make a choice between faithfulness to the Bible opposing the Flacian heresy and his livelihood. He chose to be faithful to the Bible and was therefore required to leave the city by those in charge. This was not the last such episode in his life, nor was this the only case of suffering for faithfulness. In fact, Schalling was a preacher in the Count's residence for Easter Sunday in 1569, and his manuscript sermon in his own hand survives. Its text was Exodus chapter 12, the story of the institution of the Passover meal. And following the sermon, the congregation sang this hymn, written in the same hand. This ranks among the most powerful texts in all hymnody. The depth of feeling has led commentators inevitably to mention the use of stanza three, which is the final chorus of Bach's John, St. John's Passion, written in 1724. This hymn is the hymn for Lenten II in the three-year series. A wonderful hymn, and we now ask Pastor Mark Smith what he thinks of it. Yeah, Tom, I'll tell you, it is a, it is a terrific hymn. It's, it's one that's used for funerals. In fact, I think I've told you this before. The, the first time I ever remember hearing this hymn and singing it is at the funeral of Walter Hoffman. And I know you knew him well. In fact, who preached his sermon? I think I think you might have I, I, yes. at his funeral. Yes, I did. I did yeah. his funeral sermon. I was a field worker at his congregation for the four years I was at the seminary. Well, actually, for five years, and I considered him a great man to follow. He was my father confessor, and I learned a lot. He had a real 
good gift for doing counseling. And I received a number of his books after his death, some of which I still have that are very interesting. So he was a great, great pastor. Yeah, and he loved, his, he loved his church, Emmanuel, too. And uh, uh, just a ter terrific, terrific man, wonderful pastor, very solid and uh, confessional. So I have good memories of, of him and, and, and singing that hymn at uh, Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Olivet, Missouri. Yep, Emmanuel Lutheran in Olivet. My children uh, attended the parochial school there. Uh, and Louise kept driving a whole bunch of kids uh, every morning to the parochial school, picking them up at night and driving them back home. So we really got to love Emmanuel Lutheran. In fact, I became an interim pastor there for a while also, uh, while they were calling uh, a second pastor. And so I was preaching on Sundays uh, and, and doing Bible classes, etc. Really enjoyed it. Okay. Lord, thee I love with all my heart. Stanza one, please. Okay. Lord, thee I love with all my heart. I pray thee ne'er from me depart. With tender mercy cheer me. Earth has no pleasure I would share. Yea, heaven itself were void and bare if thou, Lord, wert not near me. And should my heart for sorrow break, my trust in thee can nothing shake. Thou art the portion I have sought. Thy precious blood my soul has bought. Lord Jesus Christ, my God and Lord, my God and Lord, forsake me not, I trust thy word. I always like beginning a sermon with a question to confuse the congregation. <laughs> and then we clean up the confusion. So here's the question I would ask for this particular Sunday. Uh, folks, put your hand up if you love the Lord with all your heart. And guess what? <laughs> I, I bet, I bet not, not many, if any, raise their hand. Exactly. <laughs> they don't raise their hand. And then they go ahead and sing this. Lord, yeah. thee I love with all my heart. <laughs> After they have agreed that they don't love the Lord with all their heart. <laughs> now, who's correct? The congregation or the hymn writer? I would say the hymn writer. Excellent. <laughs> I'll go with Very the hymn good. writer. And the and, only and way, the, I hope I'm not stealing your thunder, but I would say the only way we can love the Lord with all, with all our heart is, is in him with the help of his Holy Spirit. Well, there's another answer. Okay. Every Christian has two hearts. All right. <laughs> Remember the Psalm of David? Create in me... Be a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Yes. Yeah, that's and, a good point. Yep. And when does that occur? 
would say uh, I would say when we come to faith, or or with with the absolution. And for an infant, baptism. Baptism. Those are the gifts we receive in the holy sacrament of baptism. We receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We receive the gift of the forgiveness of sins. And at that point, we get that clean heart that loves the Lord entirely. It's called the life of sanctification. Okay, question. Do we get that clean heart a number of times during our life, or is it just once? We only receive it once. That's why we don't rebaptize anyone who, like, comes from a different denomination that had the proper baptism, because that heart is always there. The trouble is, remember what we talked about in a recent Law and Gospel program. Uh, we talked about that we are at the same time, what? Simul what? Sinner, simul justus et peccator, that sinner and saint at the same time. So we're always a sinner according to our old Adam or our old heart, but we are always a saint according to our new heart. Right. Because God recognizes our true heart, our new heart. The answer to David's prayer from the psalm. So what can we pray to God since we love him with our whole heart? Well, I think, I think this hymn is going to tell us uh, that we show forth uh, the glory of that uh, new creation that he's created in us. By, by What's the first works? line of the hymn? The first line is, Lord, thee I love with all my heart. I pray thee, ne'er from me depart. That's the prayer. Ne'er, don't ever depart from me. Yes. And not, would God ever not, depart? not thy Holy Spirit from me. Would God ever depart from a believer? No. No. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. The only problem is, if... if we're the only ones that is going to move away. He will not withdraw from us, but we can fall away. That's true. I think when we fall away, we no longer get his blessings. Right. And yeah. that's departing from us. He doesn't answer the prayers of unbelievers. Right. And... He did depart from the unbelieving Pharisees and the scribes, but he did not depart from prostitutes or tax collectors who came to him in faith. That's right. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's right. So how are we cheered, according to this verse? With tender mercy. Oh, boy, here we go again. What's mercy? <laughs> mercy is uh, not getting what we deserve. Grace is? Grace is, uh, is uh, 
getting what we don't deserve. Excellent. Well said. And, of course, one kind of justice is we would get what we deserve. Right. And that is only for unbelievers. That's right. Now, the next line, Earth has no pleasure I would share, is actually in our gospel for this Sunday from Mark chapter 8. Jesus says in verse 35, For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? So he continues in verse 38. Whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels? Now, that's kind of what this stanza is talking about when he says, Earth has no pleasure I would share. Yea, heaven itself were void and bare, if what? If thou, Lord, were not near me. Exactly. Yeah. I think of the passage, and maybe you just said this, what doth it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? Yeah, that's the Mark 8 passage I just mentioned. Right. That's the gospel for today. Or I should say... For this Sunday. second Sunday in Lent. Uh, do you remember what the Old Testament reading was? It was Genesis 17 about God coming to Abraham and talking about the new covenant. Yes, I haven't read that yet. That's the, that's the Old Testament reading for this Sunday, right, Tom? Exactly. And what is the new covenant in contrast to the old? The new covenant we're under we're under his grace. Yes. Not under the not under the law. Exactly. In other words, the new covenant is the gospel. The world only knows the covenant of the law. They think that they get right with God by their obedience. And of course, Nobody can get right with God by their works because their works are never perfect except when they are directed by the Holy Spirit in the life of sanctification. But many a time we sin rather than follow the Holy Spirit. What is this line, my trust and thee can nothing shake. What does that mean? My trust in thee can nothing shake. His, his trust, his trust that God himself has given him by the power of his Holy Spirit, nothing can shake. That the writer of the hymn is saying, there's, there's nothing that can uh, shake me from my trust in my dear Jesus. 
And that was shown in his, the choice that he made when he, he, chose, he chose his faith in Jesus rather than his livelihood, rather than stay and to be able to work in his, uh, in his home. He had, to, he had to leave that town. Nothing Have you would shake noticed from, who yeah. the translator was? Yes, I sure did. Catherine Winkworth. Our favorite translator. No kidding. She really knows how to put these things together. Really does. And that's why this is such a this is such a memorable funeral hymn. Yes. Thou art the portion I have sought. Thy precious blood my soul has bought, Lord Jesus. How did his blood buy our soul? His blood, the blood of Jesus Christ, who is true God as well as true man, his blood is of infinite value, and only, only his blood could atone for the sins of the whole world and the sins of all time. Only his blood could, uh, could atone for all people, all, all sinners, even those that finally reject him, uh, have been redeemed by his holy, precious blood. Well of course, said. it doesn't. It doesn't benefit them if they don't believe. If they, he reaches out to all people with his promises and his assurance of forgiveness, life, and salvation, but it only benefits them if if they believe. And what's more, he even by the power of his Holy Spirit gives them the faith by which they accept that that those wonderful promises. Did you notice how the last verses quote the Apostle Thomas? Yeah, Lord, let's see. The last, you're talking about the last line or the last verse? The last line of each verse. Oh, yes. Yeah, let's see. My, oh, Lord Jesus Christ, my God and Lord. Yeah, uh, that's what Thomas said, my Lord and my God. And why is the reason? I understand he was the first, first of right. his apostles to make that profession of that he that Jesus is God as as well as his lord exactly they couldn't even figure that out when Jesus stilled the storm over Galilee right even though no power over water in the old testament was done except by God yes who is this that even stills the storm they'd ask and why will God not forsake us according to the last phrase forsake me not i trust thy word we trust his promises he will not he will not break his word his promises exactly. cannot be broken all right i'll do stance two yea lord twas thy rich bounty gave my body soul and all i have in this poor life of labor Lord, grant that I in every place may glorify thy lavish grace and help and serve my neighbor. Let no false doctrine me beguile. Let Satan not my soul defile. Give strength and patience unto me to bear my cross and follow thee. Lord Jesus Christ, my God and Lord, my God and Lord, in death 
thy comforts still afford. There you have Catherine Winkworth with her rhyming phrases. Yes. One after the other. So. I like, Tom, I like the way it's it said, let no false doctrine me beguile. Of course, you know, we Lutherans, uh, by God's strength, we we care very, very much about purity of doctrine. We don't want any false doctrine to uh, to uh, uh, rob us of the of the wonderful promises that He gives us. And then, right after that phrase, she is translated: "Why false doctrine can beguile us? Yeah. What is that?" Let's let Satan not my soul defile. And that's what he had done with Adam and Eve. And that's what he does with every person in the world that he beguiles us, defiles the word of God, and we sin. So what are we asking God to give us? Strength and patience to bear our cross and to follow him. Yes, patience is really important. In fact, I find that a lot of times when I'm preaching the law, the law has an effect on people because they don't have the patience that Jesus had. They don't wait for the promises to take place. And that's unfortunate. And that's because the old Adam doesn't follow the Holy Spirit in trusting his word totally. And we lose patience, wondering, what is God doing to me? Why am I going through this? What have I done to deserve this? Forgetting, what did Jesus do to forget what he experienced? Nothing. And you mentioned this as a funeral hymn, which kind of ends that way in stanza two. Yes. In death, thy comfort still afford. Yes. And is that not the main task of a pastor? I have just uh, heard about a a dear friend of ours who has gone into hospice. And they had tried to put her into hospice some time ago, and she was not able to go into hospice because she didn't meet the requirements. But now she does. And what hospice is, is simply making her comfortable while she dies. Right. All righty, stanza three, please. Okay. Lord, let at last thine angels come to Abram's bosom bear me home, that I may die unfearing, and in its narrow chamber keep my body safe in peaceful sleep until thy reappearing. And then from death awaken me, that these mine eyes with joy may see O Son of God, thy glorious face, my Savior, 
and my fount of grace. Lord Jesus Christ, my prayer attend, my prayer attend, and I will praise thee without end. What a beautiful verse. And you know, the only the only stanza that I can think of that describes that uh, that period where our our body rests in the grave, in that narrow chamber, awaiting uh, the day of resurrection. There may yes. be other stanzas, other hymns that mention it, but I can't recall one other than this. It does remind us, too, of who said, with my own eyes, I will see him. Yes. Yes, that's Job. Yeah. Job's. Job says, uh, my own eyes will see him, not someone else's, but my own eyes will see him. And that occurs after he has been awakened from death. That's right. The same eyes that were in his sockets, in that skull, will the same eyes will behold the Savior in his glorified body. This also is from the gospel for this coming Sunday where he talks about the angels. Jesus says this, that the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And that's what he talks about when he is awakened. And it was through the angels. That's the first line of stanza three. Lord, let at last thine angels come to Abraham's bosom, bear me home. And what does that mean about Abraham? Abraham's bosom, that's, uh, that's uh, at Abraham's side. Um, in the old King James English, it was called Abraham's bosom. At Abraham's side, perhaps, uh, perhaps uh, a reference to the the heavenly banquet. I think it's also a reference to the side of Isaac, that all who have the faith of Isaac will be saved. Well, thank you, Mark Smith, for helping us with this. Lord, thee I love with all my heart. I'm sure a number of congregations will be singing it because it's the hymn for this second Sunday in Lent. I'm Tom Baker, Pastor Mark Smith. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.